the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He told this to thousands of people who were armed to the teeth, targeting us and determined to stop the Electoral College count. What our Commander-in-Chief did was wildly different from what anyone here in this room did to raise election concerns. This was a deliberate, premeditated incitement to his base to attack our capital while the counting was going on. But did he sleep with a Chinese intelligence officer? We don't know. Why? Because that was President Fartwell, sorry, Swalwell, uh, speaking live from the floor of the Senate where they are trying to convict the President of the United States. Oh, hang on. He's not the President of the United States. Whoopsie. Maybe they better cancel that. Let's discuss all that and much more with our good friend Boris Epstein, co-host of The Battle for 1600, episode 50. Did you know that? I it's an anniversary. It's a golden anniversary. It's a nice I'm number. I'm so proud of us. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's very exciting. That's great. All right, so it's happening as we are recording this episode. Um, you are not only a former strategic advisor to the Trump campaign, former special assistant to President Trump. You've actually gone to a pretty fancy law school. So for those who want to know just how absurd a circus this is, I'm going to, you've heard of the Kraken. I'm going to unleash the Boris. Baron Boris! I'm getting getting unleashed. I love to be unleashed. (laughs) It's, It's so great to talk to you about this. And again, Congratulations, episode 50, Battle for 1600. We've got to keep going here. We've got to make it stronger, got to make it better. So everybody, sign up, download, leave us a review, give us some love. So uh, this whole thing is totally absurd, absurd, Seb. It's totally absurd. There's no basis in the Constitution whatsoever, whatsoever, for an impeachment trial of a former president. And you know how we know there's no basis? Because... (laughs) They couldn't even figure out who would preside over this trial. Right. Chief Justice Roberts said, nah, not so much. Not really my thing. I'm kind of, Guys, I'm kind of busy. I got a lot going on. I'm not doing it. The okay? Chief Justice is mentioned, is mentioned in the constitutional right. requirements for the impeachment of a president you, wi- you wish to remove from the White House. And because he's not the president, the Chief Justice isn't presiding over the right. events. That's right. That's right. So, and who do they have? They have Patrick Leahy. Patrick Leahy is left of Kim Jong-un, okay? <laughs> He's a, a rabid, rabid radical, far left, and that's what's presiding over this charade. And what are they talking about? You know, they, they can't even put together a coherent legal argument, Sebastian, of why 
the president deserves to be convicted. He can't be removed, right? Deserves to be convicted. Pretty much it comes down to this. Democrats feel hurt that President Trump won in 2016. It makes them feel all uneasy inside. And because of that uneasiness that they have in their tummies, we are supposed to be okay with trying a former president and then the country is supposed to be okay with convicting a former president. This whole thing is pathetic. It's a charade. It's disgusting. And it's exactly what we've come to, to expect from today's Democrats. But not only that, it is an attempt, uh, if they could convict him, to bar him additionally from ever holding public office again. So uh, the fact of the matter is they're not just upset. Baron, they're afraid, are they not? Oh yeah, well listen, their tummies are their tummies are rumbling, okay? They're upset and they're also scared. They're having boo-boo dreams, okay? They're having bad dreams and they think, "Oh my god, President Trump may, may be coming back." Well, guess what? The 45th president may be the 47th president. <laughs> it just may be. And he, and by the way, he'll be the best president this country could ever wish for. All right? That is the reality. That is the fact. That is the honest truth. So, you know what, Democrats? If you are so sure that you're right, if you are so confident in yourselves, you know what you should be doing? Getting ready. Maybe maybe figure out who should be the your candidate in 2024. Is it Joe Biden when he finally figures out he's president? Is it Kamala Harris who called Joe Biden a predator? Or is it somebody who's actually viable? I and mean, you know, are you actually going to do the right thing for once and not have these complete swamp creatures as your candidates? We know obviously it's going to be Biden or Kamala. And let me tell you, if President Trump were to run, he would absolutely annihilate either one of them in 2024. I have two big questions regarding what we are witnessing right now as we record this episode of The Battle for 1600. And the Baron is right. Don't just subscribe. Tell your friends. Give us a review. It makes a big difference. First things first, especially after not only the vote uh, from Rand Paul earlier in the week, but then we have the vote on the constitutionality of these proceedings, where six fake Republicans, six rhinos, including Cassidy, himself to the list. Which was kind of shocking, wasn't it? Totally shocking. So like left field, and especially his justification, which is, well, the, the, I was, the, the arguments of the Democrats were more polished than the arguments of the president's team. Right. What's, what has that got to do with the Constitution? The question it's is... the Constitution. Is it... I don't care whether the guy had a nice tie and combed his hair. Does the Constitution say that you can try a, a president who's left office? No, it doesn't. So totally does weird. But, but anyway, the fact is, on the record, we've had 44 senators say, right. no, not constitutional. Uh, it would be very strange if somebody who, who they're all people don't know this. The Constitution requires that they all be under oath. So the, these individuals are all under oath. They've taken sure. they've taken a preparatory vote saying, is it constitutional? Forty four said no, which means forty four people will never vote to convict the president. It just, I mean, they've should said it never should. I mean, should if if they keep to their well, it's not constitutional. So if there's no supermajority even. Close to possibility for Nancy and for Chuck. Why is this happening, Boris? I, 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 I mean, truly, have we arrived at the stage where Trump derangement syndrome isn't just funny? It's actually a, a clinical condition that, that senior members of the Democrat Party are suffering from. 
Well, think about it this way. President Trump has not had his Twitter account now in over a month. President Trump has not been really in public since January 20th, over three weeks, right about three weeks, actually three weeks today, maybe. And still, President Trump dominates <laughs> every news cycle, every right. newspaper. I've got reporters calling me left and right. What's How's the president today? How's his mood? What's he doing? How's he watching? They're obsessed. I have, They're to, obsessed. I have to run from this studio to do not only a hit with Newsmax, I have to do Australian television on the impeachment, right. which is weird because here it's kind of like, I remember, you're younger than I am. When Clinton was impeached, I was at Harvard. I had a year at Harvard. I was oh. a fellow there. It was this, <laughs> hey, come on, Mr. Georgetown. You know, come on. And it's not Harvard. Everywhere. I mean, you couldn't escape the bloody impeachment. You went to the cafeteria to buy a cookie and a coffee, and they had jumbotron screens with, with Bill Clinton's visage saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. It well, was, can, I, hold on, me, can I try that? Yeah. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Much better. Much better. You, you, not you get, bad, right? You, you, get, you get to do Bubba in the future. It, a Russian Jewish guy, not so bad. Not so bad. It was out of the faucet. It was everywhere. And now it's like Sw Swalwell, Mr. Fang Fang Bang Bang is talking. Who gives a crap? I mean, seriously. So they, they, what is going on in the minds of the Democrats? They can't convict. Is this? Okay. One suggestion I've heard. And do you buy this? They know that all they have is executive orders because they've got a 50-50 split. They've got six right. seats. They lost another seat in New York. God bless, you know, uh, the congressman. Claudia Tenney. who won. So this is just some kind of massively unconstitutional distraction ploy. Is, is there any better explanation for what the flip they are doing? GDS. It's, it's okay. Trump derangement syndrome. That's what it is. It is also a distraction. It is also throwing me to their base. All put together, it is one big charade clown car circus. That's what this is. The American people know it. And, and it's you know very exciting for the viewers of MSNBC, <laughs> the viewers of CNN, and the employees of the two networks. So you know everybody there is all hopped up and excited. But in the end, the American people know the truth. They know that President Trump was an amazing president, likely the best one-term president, the best first term of any presidential term in history. He did so much cutting taxes, deregulating, standing up to China, trade deals, supporting Israel, and on and on and on and on. And this is what the Democrats want to do. And by the way, would, don't you think they would, I mean, in a regular administration, wouldn't they want to give Joe Biden his first couple of weeks to come in and be, it literally feels like he's not even the president. It still it feels like President Trump's the president. And Joe Biden is just wandering around the, the, the West Wing and, and, and the White House. Well, he probably doesn't know where he is, but he's, he's wandering around and playing pretend because everyone's talking about President Trump. The Democrats don't want to talk about President Biden. You know why? It doesn't mean, make sense to say that, but he is the president. They don't want to talk about President Biden because he's weak, yeah. he's pathetic, and he's a complete tool of the far left, left, as we've seen with the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline, as we've seen with cancellation effectively of girls sports women's sports as we as we've seen with his radical agenda on immigration allowing illegal immigrants back into this country that's who joe biden is the democrats don't want that out there so they'd rather have eric swalwell even though you know yeah he had sex with a chinese spy and you know had to be briefed by the fbi about it and he's still in the by the way on, on the house permanent subcommittee on intelligence they'd rather have him out there 
pontificating and 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 you know blowing hot air pun intended about non and claiming the president did something which he did not do let's get that clear president trump did not incite anybody or anything on january 6th and there's notion that oh a couple of people are saying they did it because of president trump's words that's not how it works yeah. there either was incitement or wasn't incitement the president said march peacefully and patriotically it's clear as day there was no incitement this whole thing is completely made up but the Democrats, to your point, have to do something. They have to do something. And they can't govern, so this is what they're doing. They're doing their slow walk, another impeachment walk, and it is so boring and pathetic to see. And honestly, I look at those people. I look at Jamie Raskin, and I look at Congresswoman Plaskett, and I look at the other House managers. And I really honestly think to myself, when they, you know, when it's early in the morning or late in the evening, and they're looking at themselves in the mirror, do they actually take themselves seriously? Or are they just like, Swalwell oh, I'm does. a whitbag. Swalwell does. You know, you know Swalwell does. I think Swalwell's self, I think his self-confidence, Swalwell's self-confidence and self-worth is this big. Okay? <laughs> I think he's, not, he's not doing so, a large measurement there, by the way, for those who are you so are just actually, I'll tell you a story about this for the, yeah. the, uh, you know, Please. For the viewer. Because you, you've, you've got personal experience. This is public information now. So... During my complete waste of a time interview with the House Permanent Subcommittee on Intelligence uh, during the Russia investigation, a.k.a. the Russia hoax, because, you know, I was a chubby Jewish kid, 11-year-old Your name kid is Boris. Indict the man. Interview him. Send him to jail. Ruin his life. Legal fees. Bad. Russia, bad. Orange man, bad. Okay, so... They have me in there, and Eric, Eric Swalwell starts asking the questions. First of all, he did not know the difference between, between Moscow and St. Petersburg, which, yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah, but then we get into where I went to school, and, I, and you know, it, uh, uh, which you already pointed out, you know, very kindly, you know, says so a Georgetown undergrad, Georgetown Law, and he goes, I went to Maryland Law. I wasn't smart enough to go to Georgetown. And I'm kind of sitting there, what am I supposed to? So I turn to him, I go, I'm sure you're smart enough, Congressman. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you say when somebody says, I'm sorry, I'm dumber than I'm you? I'm sorry, I'm dumber than you. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. You <laughs> thank you. you. Say, thank you, President Swalwell. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Do you want me to say, you want, you want me to buy you a cookie? Like, what do you want me to What am I supposed to? It was, it was surreal. So, but it really cut through because I didn't mean to say that, right? It just blurted it's it just out. His mouth. Like, it's just it's not connected to his brain. Because that's what, that's what he's on his mind. He's like, oh, I wasn't good enough to go to Georgetown Law. I went to Maryland. And, I'm so, and Maryland's a great school. It's a good school. It's a good school. Just be happy with yourself, Eric. Look at yourself in the mirror. Go do some, I don't know, do some meditation or something. Get better. Be better. Be best. Be best. All right. The second question I have for you. If What happens to Donald Trump, the private citizen, and to whatever you want to call it, the the MAGA movement, the America First agenda. Um, by Friday, we're going to hear the, the longer defense uh, from the president's team. It's so shambolic. I think they're trying to finish this sometime next week. But what does it mean on the long term in terms of the president's, the former president's influence and the future of, 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 you know, the platform which got him into the White House. Well, first of all, to the defense, we got to be a little stronger here, okay? We got to step up. Can, okay? can I, I'm so glad you said that. Guys, come on. Seriously? Seriously? Donald J. Trump. 
Okay. You're, you're right. That's the best you can do. I, I, I'm I, going to, a little bit of behind the scenes here, a little bit of uh, inside baseball. We, we had Caster on the show, what was it, Monday? Monday or Tuesday on the radio show. Nice guy. But I was not impressed. And I was, I didn't say anything on air, but afterwards I thought, Really? Really? Right. And um, right. he proved yesterday, uh, not so much. Not, and look, these things are superficial, but I'm sorry. I learned this the hard way in D.C. when I first started working here, my gosh, 1999. In D.C., at least 51%, and in many cases, closer to 90 at least 51% of what you do in this stinking hole is presentation and packaging. Right. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's, it's a bit a like bit. the Hollywood movie. I mean, they've they've said that DC is Hollywood for for stupid people. Okay. Well, I I actually heard Hollywood for ugly people. For ugly people. That right, 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 right. Um. So how you present is massively important, and this is a historic, infamous event. And sorry, this baggy suit and the, oh my gosh, it's shown a little bit better, a little bit more fire in his belly. But even then, I, I, you know what? I would have loved to have seen you up. I think you would have you would have flamethrowed them with your rhetoric, with your legal acumen. It would have been a delight to watch. So that's me, layman. You're now, very kind. Now, now, now the, the let's have the legal professional. I was disappointed in the first day, and I hope that the the following are better uh, for for Caster. I thought you know. First, you're right. Come in looking sharp. Be sharp, right? You're representing the 45th president. And second of all, all of this olive branch, you know, and Ben's uh, being positive about Ben Sass, whose words are being used against us. I was at, I was on MSNBC actually this week, and yes, I like to go to the opposite turf. Wow, it's, it's good practice. I was on with Ari Melber, who's a very tough interview. Yeah, and. One of the clips he played against me was Ben Sass lying about what President Trump was doing on January 6th. So we don't need to do that. We don't need to talk about, you know, say things about the election that the, that, that contradict what the president said. You, you know, you got to remember, as a lawyer, you represent your client. And, the, you know, and, and, and I got a little bit of a sense that maybe the caster especially was worried about, well, how is he going to come off from all this? You know, but you're supposed to represent your client. Show was a bit better. I'd like to have a little less reading and a little more spontaneity, a little more direct and connectivity. Because remember, it's not just for the people in the room. It's not just for the for the senators. It's for the American people. The broadcast TV carried it. It was all over the country. Right. And it'll be all over the country for the next several days. So. Let's be out there more. Let's let's let, let's be more forward. Let's fight stronger, and I, I think that's very important for the defense team. Good. All right. Um, when it comes to the 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 strategy, well, the MAGA movement. yeah, the yeah, the, so the, the, the MAGA movement, and and President Trump himself. Uh, if this is just another circus that ends the way the last one did, and the vote happens zero uh, conviction, what does it mean? going forward, especially for elections next year in 24. I actually gave this quote to, I believe, USA Today. I think this is only going to make President Trump stronger, yeah. the MAGA movement stronger in the long term. And here's why. Because it's an obvious charade, as we've talked about. It's an obvious overreach by the Democrats, just like the last ridiculous impeachment was, right? They were looking for something, and then they found these guys who were supposed to be heroes. You know, the um, what the brothers, the twins... Uh, Vindman's, the Vindman's. You mean and, Sasha? And, 
who almost Sasha became the Minister of Defense of the Ukraine. And they obviously manufactured this whole thing and then got fired for it, right? Whatever it was, all uh, resigned, whatever you call it, right? These guys manufactured. The first impeachment was manufactured. Now, the second impeachment makes the first impeachment seem as serious as the OJ trial. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, this is a real thing. You know, the second, this, they were both ludicrous, but the second one is so ludicrous, it makes the first almost seem somewhat real. So, you know, I think overall, the MAGA movement, the MAGA agenda, the MAGA crowd, we're only going to get stronger because it is obvious this is an overreach. Yeah. We already gained 12 million people between 2016 and 2020. So with that, you know we're only going to grow, which I think is very exciting and a huge positive. And you know what? Thanks, Democrats. Thanks for overreaching again. Thanks for being so stupid that instead of focusing on the corona stimulus, the COVID-19, and the next act, or helping the American people, you're doing another impeachment walking her out there crying like Rashida Tlaib and your but, best friend Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But it's okay. You heard, you heard Jen Psaki yesterday. By May, by May, the schools will reopen for one, for day. one day a week. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to is... circle back to you on that. Yeah. Let me... <laughs> okay. Bef- before we talk about her and uh, President uh, Biden, God, that feels weird, President Biden. Um, President Joe Biden. <laughs> this, his, and this is where we, you know, why the podcasts are important, why we can go a little bit deeper. I'm concerned. And I say this to you in you know, all sincerity as somebody who's been an incredible fighter for the president and the MAGA agenda for you know, more than four years now. You know, I, I'm seeing pretty obvious signs that the establishment GOP is just like a rubber band snapping back to its ways of right. doing business. And that they still, it's 2021, and they still either don't understand what happened in 2016 or they just think it's a blip, it's irrelevant, back to our swampy business, hanging out with our Democrat buddies, not being in effective opposition. How how concerned, do you agree with me that there there is this clear indication and, and how worried are you that they will try to treat Mag- whatever the president does next year, 24, whatever he does. They will try to treat the last four years as some kind of I- invasive, you know, virus and then ping it out with a, a GOP rhino antibody. Of course, they're trying to the, the Democrat and Republican establishments both got defeated by President Trump in 2016. Do not forget that. That's very important. And the the Uniparty, actually, Steve Bannon says it's pretty smart. Yes. The Uniparty, which is the Democrat and Republican D.C. world, they can't stand President Trump. They can't. They, they, they don't understand how, how President Trump won. They don't understand the MAGA movement. They, they want the Republican Party to be of Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan and to resemble the Bob Dole election of 1996, in which Republicans got absolutely trounced. That's what, that's what the Republican establishment is. They just don't get it. Sebastian, they, they just don't get it. So, what, so what's going to change that? What's going to change that, Boris? Are we going to have to have, you know, a hundred Marjorie Greens, a hundred Lauren Bobitz, a hundred Matt Gates suddenly, you know, magically appear in primary people? What, what, what is the solution? I think the solution is for either the politicians who are there now, like Ted Cruz, 
who's been around but understands the MAGA movement to understand who their constituents are. It all comes down to it's actually pretty simple. You're an elected official. You were elected by people. The people have a perspective. They have beliefs. They have ideas. Just follow them. Just do what your constituents want. Liz Cheney, maybe don't vote to impeach President Trump, after which you have 10% approval rating in your own state. Cassidy already getting criticized by the Louisiana GOP, the Louisiana Republican Party. Why do that? But the problem is that these people, they forget that when they get to Washington, they think, oh, I'm so important and I'm so fancy. I've got a pin. I'm a United States senator. Hang on, hang on. Those pins cost $800, Doris. There is a committee of Congress that sits every year to redesign those pins. Did you know that? That's a good, that's a good spend of their time. <laughs> and our money. Our money. Great. You know what? Great. I, 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 I am sure that, that you know, that – so it's, it's 800 what – what are we talking about here? The uh, pin. Oh, $800 for, for the congressman's so pin. If, it, if, it, if it's $800, we are talking about like, what, $300,000 yeah. for the pins every year? Yeah. That's just that's just so, for the house. <laughs> I am sure that that money would not be better spent right on 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 something like food in Camden, New Jersey, right? Yeah. But no, no, no. Of course, they need their fancy pens. These people, they need to remember they represent their constituents and act that way. That is what they they need to remember. That's that's what they need to do. And if they don't, they're not going to be elected officials anymore because they don't deserve to be elected officials anymore. But how do we get them? to act that way, Boris. What, what, is, what is the role of everybody listening to this, watching this? Have your voice be heard. Speak loud on social media. Call your elected officials, both federal and state officials and local officials. And then you know what? When election time comes, don't just put it in the memory hole. Don't forget that somebody voted against your yes. ideals, that somebody acted against your ideals. Do the right thing. Back the candidates who actually represent you. The reason President Trump was elected originally is because of his authenticity. He is the one that broke through to the American people. Vote for the candidates that you support, that you relate to, and not just because somebody's been in Congress for you know over a decade or in the Senate for two decades. That's not what it's all about. It's about the American people electing the representatives that they want to represent them. All right. Second topic. We talked about the impeachment trial. We are now closing into the first month of the Biden administration. Um, Metrics. How do you measure something? And one way is to try and remove yourself from, from the domestic environment, which is insane enough. And just to look at America in the last month from the angle, from the point of view of our friends and our enemies. Mm-hmm. Not a good picture. Not a good Whether it's way back when, whether it is the Chancellor of Germany, the French government, um, people who really didn't have a lot of love for the MAGA movement or for President Trump, sending a very uh, unusually undiplomatic message that cancelling... Uh, private citizen Trump was wrong, that what social media did to him was very disturbing. This is, you know, Angela Merkel, this is the Elysee. Not President Trump's best friend. Not President Trump's closest buddy from the golf course. This is the Elysee in Paris, 
Um, and then when you look at the actions of this administration, you look at the Keystone XL pipeline. And if you, if you look at what Canada... We've had you know, people on this show regularly from Canada, like Lord Black, who said across the board... It doesn't matter whether you're a Tory, doesn't matter whether you're Labour, Canadians are beside themselves because it's not 11,000 jobs. In Canada, at the stroke of a pen, it was 37,000 jobs that just disappeared, boom, like that. Uh, Secondly, you you look at Biden's first, quote-unquote, foreign policy speech. It was was just... uh, That was a speech? (laughs) Every week, we have James Carafano from the Heritage Foundation, vice president for foreign policy, national security, former uh, colonel in in the army, Cool guy, former colleague of mine from National Defense University, who is assiduously apolitical because there are 501c3. He says every week, I I don't do politics, I do policy. And he just said, that was just, I mean, uh, Beijing is laughing. Beijing is laughing into their hands. The mullahs in Iran, uh, the the KGB colonel in the Kremlin, they look at this speech was packed with, with stuff that is just for the radical base, the transgender garbage, the environment is the national security problem. I mean, it, forget the domestic stuff. Our friends are going, what the hell? And our enemies are going, this is great. Your take. Well, you know who still has not spoken to President Biden since he was been since President Biden took office? Unbelievable. Bibi. It's, um, it's shocking. Right. Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel has still not received a call or gotten a call set up with Joe Biden. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's out there, as you point out, talk about all these extreme far-left ideals. There is no American foreign policy under Joe Biden. It's just some mishmash soup of extremist liberalism that literally makes no sense. No sense. No, the environment is not the national security threat of the current. It is not. Iran is the national security threat. China is the national security threat. Yes, Russia is the national security threat. There are threats out there. We have to be vigilant. And no, the answer isn't just to send our men and women abroad all over the world again and leave them out there. Just like they, you know, they just paused the, I think we talked about this, they, they paused the withdrawal of troops from Germany. And, you know, that's, that's a piece of news that came and went. Yeah. That's someone's mom. That's someone's dad. That's someone's brother, sister, loved one. That's not how to stay in Germany because Joe Biden and his Democrat establishment buddies don't know any better. So it is this these few first few weeks have been despicable. They've been exactly what we promised, what the Trump campaign promised America and the world they would be. And I hope that not just the Steamfitters Union, which got crushed by the Keystone XL pipeline being canceled, but all the other groups, even the groups that like that, that support Title IX. The women's sports. One one executive are now order. Brown and saying, you where, know what? Where are the feminists? Where are the fe- Title Nine destroyed just with one pen stroke destroyed That's the it. athletic careers of Gosh. young girls across America? Where are the feminists? I don't know. You don't get it, man. What's special? What is wrong with you? <laughs> there are no genders. Are you crazy? Oh. I thought they, I thought there were four hundred genders. It's not breast milk. It's chest milk. I, my, my buddy Chris Blount. I actually saw that. Some, some I know. I know. I know. It's insane. My, my buddy Chris Blount said, you know, we know one of the reporters should do, one of the real ones like Ducey, in front of Chen Saki should ask her on the record. <clears throat> By the way, could you tell us, uh, w- w- could the administration answer the question, how many genders are there? Could you imagine her, her ginger head would like start spinning? Or she'd have to circle back. <laughs> she, she, circle back. She, she would circle back and never well, come back. The more interesting question would be this. 
does Joe Biden, as apparently a devout Catholic, yes. believe there are more than two genders? Yeah. What's wow. the question? What's the answer? That's, That's the question. What's the answer? That's good. Joe Biden is supposedly a devout Catholic. We're always hearing how every week he's in church and he's so devout, yet he's pro-abortion. He's into the transgender nonsense, as you called it. So which part of, of his Catholicism, his Judeo-Christian beliefs, is he strong on? It's the, it's from the, I thought you were, you know, you know, a pretty knowledgeable guy. It's from the, the book of Sleepy Creepy. You haven't read the, the book of Sleepy Creepy? You know what? I think that's up uh, this Saturday at, uh, at the Shul. It's I go not the to. Pentateuch. They added a six one. It's the Septuch, yeah, yeah. and there's you know is the, that book, the, the book. Old Testament, the New Testament. Where we were? It's the It's It's definitely it's Methuselah's hidden copy of the the book of Sleepy Creepy. Okay, uh, seriously, um, I don't do this. I don't do predictions, but I'm going to do it now. Every administration is tested at some point. They are tested, whether it's Carter with Iranian hostages, whether it's Reagan with Afghanistan and Grenada, whether it's Bush Jr. with 9-11, us in the Trump administration with ISIS and Syria and little Kim with his little nuclear toys. This administration will be tested, and there is a panoply, there is a cornucopia of potential emergencies, whether it's what China is doing in the South China Sea, whether it's Iran, this, the, 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 the resurgence of, a, of a, a militant, robust, threatening Iran, whatever Putin wants to do in Syria, in Ukraine, you name it. But the one that I think is going imminently to challenge Joe Biden is the border wall the cessation of, of construction, the releasing of illegal aliens, even those charged with crimes, and the caravans of thousands of illegal immigrants coming from Guatemala, coming from uh, El Salvador, Latin America, to our borders, on camera saying, Biden promised us! We've played the video. Biden promised us if we get there in 100 days, we will become citizens. We've had Mark Morgan, former commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection, say these caravans are petri dishes of disease, including COVID. Okay, it's just a fact. Lots of people, no social distancing, no masks. When these people uh, hit... That the COVID doesn't exist. You, you don't have to social distance or wear masks if you're an illegal immigrant. Come on, you know that. Oh it's, it's, oh, it's like a Democrat celebration after the election, right? Correct. Okay, I, got Correct. I, I missed that memo. Write that down, okay? <laughs> that doesn't... COVID doesn't apply to Democrats or illegal immigrants. The, the COVID, the COVID oh, floats above the caravans of illegal immigrants. Oh, holy. It's magic. It's magic. So when, when these caravans hit, when there's not – basically, you've, you've seen this article yesterday. Former uh, member of ICE, I think former or anonymous one, said, it's done. ICE doesn't exist anymore. The, what the executive orders have meant, there are guys and gals in uniform who cannot do their job. They, they didn't disband ICE. They just literally handcuffed them through executive order. So th- this, I think, is going to be – the first of many, many challenges. And I just tell you right now, forget who I voted for and who we both worked for. 
This guy's not up to it. I mean, th- this man who, you know, trips up getting on Air Force One the second time he flies on Air Force One, who literally, watch the video, cannot put a pen back his in his pocket. Right. It's not going to be good when it happens, right, Boris? And it's going to be soon. It's going to be soon. It always is. There's always a test. It happens early. It happens often. And Joe Biden, as you said, is not up for it. He's not He's not up to being our president, but he is. And now what do we do about it? All we could do is continue to call out the failings, continue to call out the dangers. It is very interesting how much Kamala Harris is always next to Joe Biden. Maybe she's standing around hoping that it, now is the moment. Or maybe, or maybe he needs her there to prop him up and support him, you know, if, if he totally forgets where he is. This is a bad situation. We're putting out a weak sense about America. This is we are not we are not projecting strength with President Biden. We're projecting weakness. Correct. And even even look at all the look at all the members of the cabinet. The you know Blinken weak, Janet Yellen weak. These people are going to get rolled yeah. on the international stage. And you know what, America? The sad thing is, this is who you this this, this is who a, a large number of people voted for. And whatever the actual number was, I still cannot imagine 80 million people voting for Joe Biden, looking at him now, looking at the fact that he but had... It, but you know, it doesn't, military, it doesn't uh, matter. Rallies, what it, does, what it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's the president. Ten, tens, of million, tens of millions of Americans chose this. It's unbelievable. Chose this, Boris. It's right. unbelievable. It's scary. It's problematic. But again, do not, to, you, to all you watching, to all you listening, and most of you obviously are already on our side, but as you're talking to your friends, point this out. Actions have consequences. Votes have consequences. Elections have consequences. This is where we are as a country with this weakling as our president because way too many people were maybe miffed by President Trump's tweets. So now we want somebody who fought for our country every day, stood for our country every day, was strong for our country every day, who bear to somebody who now barely knows what country he's in, yeah. Joe Biden. It's pathetic. It is pathetic. But as the Baron says, every single one of you matters. Don't take it for granted. Speak the truth. Get engaged. Now is the opposite of the time when you give up and you despair. This Absolutely. is when your actions speak so much more importantly, so much more significantly than they ever could before. All right. Any last message for our listeners here on the Battle for 1600, episode 50? Of course. It's episode 50, so I couldn't let it go by. I had the most delicious Hoyo de Monterey cigar. What? You can't night. do cigars at the end? I, what I, what I, would well, our regulars what? say? They'll think there's it's another 50 episode. minutes of program coming. I love Hoyo de Monterey. What was it? Excalibur? What was it? I had the the the, the um, Excalibur 2, right? The, nice. The, the, the long, long Corona. The, it was absolutely delicious. It was absolutely wonderful. It's it actually it's it's one of the one of the best um, non expensive cigars. It's not cheap, but it, it's a it's a decently priced quality cigar. It's a great it's a, it's a great backup, right? The Hoyo de Monterey. It's a wonderful cigar. I sent you a picture. You know the Gurkhas are great. Uh, obviously, Monte Twos are great, but the Oliva. Hoyo de Monterey. Don't forget the Oliva's. Oliva's, Oliva's amazing. The Hoya de Monterey was great, and I had a little Aberlour scotch. Did you choose? By the way, did you choose I the? Did. Uh, I did. I did. I recommended. I went with the one you recommended. 
Kibiki. Yeah, Kibiki. And my I'll, son was very excited. Very excited. That's great. Well, listen, here's my and, – and here's to really wrap up. First of all, congratulations on episode 50. Here's to many, many more. Let's continue to point to the truth, have a little fun, and to all of you watching and listening, thank you so much. Lots of love. Most importantly, stay optimistic, stay strong, stay positive, and God bless all of you. God bless you, Boris. You've been listening to episode 50 of The Battle for 1600. Tell your buddies, subscribe, write a review, and we will be back in a week's time. Stay safe.